Hello, cryptid-loving listeners. As a friendly reminder from us here at the Don't Touch My Sasquatch podcast, we frequently make crude jokes, sprinkle our sentences with naughty words, and discuss mature content. Most of which may not be appropriate for all age groups. Listener discretion is advised. Now please enjoy. 1961. An abduction changed the course of ufology and disclosure forever. The Betty and Barney Hill encounter was the first widely publicized case of alien abduction in history. It sparked the interest of the public, the media, as well as the attention of the Air Force, which investigated the incident as part of the Project Blue. Many of the elements that the Hills described have become common features in later abduction encounters. The Hills story remains one of the most controversial cases of alien abductions ever reported. So let's dive into this encounter and let's see what we can find out for ourselves. You're listening to the Don't Touch My Sasquatch podcast. We're home to all things cryptic, creepy, and unexplainable, or mysterious. Whatever, <laughs> whatever my notes say. I'm Josh. I continue to be Lennon. And each week we will present to you a look. And each week we'll present to you a look into the mysterious, unexplained world around us. From odd creatures and unexplained beings to otherworldly encounters and visitors from beyond. Whether you're a skeptic believer or you're just fucking curious, no worries, we got you covered. So join us as we explore the mysteries of our universe. Yeah! Yeah, uh, when you were saying the hills, the hills, the I could, hills that's exactly what I was like. Yeah. I was like, the hills are alive with the sound. <laughs> And then in my head, it just jumped to them in the car, and they're just, like, <laughs> singing the songs. Like, <laughs> and then they get, there's a roadblock. There's yeah. a roadblock. Why is there something in the road? We'll get so, to it. Um, yeah, I'm still getting, this is, like, the third or fourth time with this intro, and I'm still, like, trying to rememberize it. Rememberize. I love it. <laughs> July not. Yeah. Oh, fuck. We don't have that bad of fuck-ups, but we still fuck up. By we, I mean me. Only human. You CCC. <clears throat> All right, London, let's get into it, huh? What are you looking at? <laughs> okay, you're saying, like, I never noticed the print. <laughs> yeah. It looks yeah. like they took somebody's tit and put mud all around it and just stamped. <laughs> it just stamped the tit. No, they actually took a towel and they then pow, pow, pow. They do look like eyes, though. Yeah, they're watching you. Anyway, like the hills. where are we at? What are we talking well, about? Well, let's get going here. Eunice Elizabeth Barrett, born on June 28, 1919, in Newton, New Hampshire. She attended the University of New Hampshire, Great. where she earned a degree in social work. Eunice, or more famously known as Betty. Yeah, Eunice isn't really a name we use anymore, is it? No, but if, well, I'll never have kids. But if I did, it's going to be Eunice. <laughs> so we're going to get that out of the way right now. Whoever's out there, we're having a Eunice or nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Probably nothing, thank God. Eunice, more famously known as Betty, worked as a social worker and a civil rights advocate in Portsmouth, sorry, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Portsmouth, Portsmouth, I don't fucking there's know. A, I don't live there. There's an in-between, and that's how I say it, Portsmouth. <laughs> <laughs> Bam, that's it, Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire. Now, Barney Hill, born July not 20th, 1922, in Newport News, Virginia. He was a postal worker and also a civil rights leader who lived in Portsmouth, <laughs> New Hampshire. He served in the Army during World War II 
and was awarded a commenda- commendation for his services. Mm-hmm. Now, at a dinner organization by the local utili- ut- utilitarian. Oh, yep. wow. <laughs> utilitarian. Unitarian, Unitarian Church mm-hmm. in 1956, the two would meet, and they would fall in love. Despite the social stigma at the time for being an interracial couple, yeah, the two would get married in 1960. The hell? Sorry. <laughs> 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 now, in 1961, they decided to take a delayed honeymoon trip to Canada where they would have a fateful encounter with a UFO that would change their lives forever. 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 <laughs> Name the movie. Mr. Movie Buff. Fuck. You know, I remember it, but I don't. I'm going to take a drink while you do it. Yeah, I can't. I have to. I, I do know it. But but dog. It has to do with a sport. Forever. Space Jam. <laughs> mm, wrong sport. Yeah. Baseball. Baseball? Yeah. James Earl Jones is in it. There's a fence that a ball goes over, and the dog they think is mean. Cujo. No. Sandlot. I've never seen the Sandlot. Well, then, my bad. I'm just going to throw it over to you, and please, take it away. Well, September 1961. The couple, Betty and Barney Hill, were enjoying their delayed honeymoon in the days leading up to the now infamous event. The couple had decided to visit Niagara Falls and Montreal to celebrate. Niagara Falls?! Wow! <laughs> to celebrate their marriage on their trip. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it was a good add in, but then I just started laughing. My bad. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> I just found a nice cut over Niagara Falls. <laughs> oh, and then I fucked everything up. <laughs> Uh, all right, <laughs> I bet. Sorry. Oh, cranky. <laughs> so the couple decided to visit Niagara Falls and Montreal, as we said, to celebrate their marriage, but decided to wrap up early and make the drive back home for murmurs of a hurricane making its way up the coast. Um, what? A hurricane yeah. hitting Buff- uh, Niagara Falls, New York? <sighs> well, they were in, but they lived in New Hampshire. They were trying to get home. They were worried about the home part. Yeah. Got it. They Fuck wanted that to get out. Home stayed before. on honeymoon longer. Yeah. They wanted to get home before. Hold on, uh, hold on. We got to get back to the hurricane so we can get through it. Weather delays on a return trip from a honeymoon are not fun. Sometimes you have to stay the night in Philadelphia airport and come get rescued, and it sucks dick. Big ones. Shout out to the man who rescued me and my wife. Yeah, I hope you did a lot of stuff for him because that's twelve hour round trip. Maybe maybe thirteen. It was uh, good man. Good, good man. Good man. Good man. And I was fucking exhausted because I was protecting us and our bags while she was sleeping in the. <laughs> we're sitting on the floor in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I just wanted to make sure you're all right. <laughs> He's been here too long, people. <laughs> I haven't seen the light in days. <laughs> oh, fudge. Hold on, let me check your pupils. Oh, shit. He's turning zombified. <laughs> They're all bl- blotchy and blotchy. <laughs> <laughs> No oh, joke. Oh, man. Hey. Kate. Anyways. I mean, yeah. Oh, God. I'm going to be fucking with you in like a month or so. Don't. I I don't like it. I said don't do it. Doesn't matter what you said. Why do you think I still got glasses You're going to be right describing now? an elephant to me. <laughs> I don't like it. It's not good. 
hey, your uncle got it done. And I didn't know about that till now. And now I'm, he's cursed for me to look at him again. <laughs> but his sight is good. Good. I'm just tired. Well, okay, I got it. Sorry, sorry, your peeps. So I was talking to a client. I said, okay, good. it's going to be a Tuesday or Wednesday where I'll probably, Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to have to take off because I'm going to have the LASIK. <laughs> and so we're describing, I said, yeah, you're going to have to get used to looking at me like this. And I took my glasses off and he goes, did, did, do you have two black eyes? I was like, what? It's like, do you have two black guys? It's like, those are the bags under my eyes. You know what? Maybe I won't be getting the surgery after all. I feel fucking self-conscious with these. Why? Glasses work. <laughs> I know. I know, right? Just fuck it. Fuck it, right? You know, they, we made them for a reason. I know. You wear your glasses all the time. I don't. No, well, I don't. <laughs> How well, big's your font over there? Part of my reason, shut up. Part of my reason for not wearing them anymore is because they're stretched out from my fat fucking face. Uh, you just go to Zenny Optical to get new ones. Yeah, I gotta get new ones. Anyways, please anymore. proceed. I'm sorry for the tangent. It's I thought good. it was a funny story. So they were gonna stay the night, an extra night, um, have dinner downtown and stay yes. a little bit longer, but they decided to uh, leave <laughs> and to leave and head back. Um, as opposed to staying the night in Montreal that night. Instead, began their drive to New ha- home to New Hampshire. It is on this car ride that their lives would be changed forever. This one car ride, this one decision to beat the storm, would forever plague them with hardships, mystery, and a higher understanding of our place in the universe. The date is September 19th, 1961, and the world would suddenly change. The couple left Montreal, New Hampshire bound, in the afternoon of the 18th. Their journey should put their time of arrival home around 2 to 3 a.m., Sometime in the middle of the night, the two had entered Lancaster, New Hampshire, in the White Mountains region, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, when strange things began happening. Now, as they were driving, Barney was driving the car, and Betty, <laughs> I fuck it. I love you. <laughs> you love <laughs> Barney, would you stop singing that song? <laughs> Sorry. I, didn't like I knew it. I was going to make a Barney joke. I, yeah, I expected it. <laughs> I didn't know when it was going. <laughs> now, Barney was driving the car, and uh, as they were traveling down Route 3 in the White Mountains, Betty spoke up to Barney about a strange object she had been tracking in the sky with her binoculars. I thought she would be a passenger seat driver. Hey, stay in the road. <laughs> There's a car! Stop! It's five miles ahead. <laughs> Just a typical... Spouse in the past. Oh, okay, All right. I thought you were going to say something else. I was like, ooh, don't go that avenue. Spouse, different. Good. That's what I was going to say. I'm, I mean, don't all spouses and passenger princesses always kind of critique the red light that's five miles down the road? Can't say that I know. I'm sorry. La- last Thank night, you for rubbing that in. Sorry. Uh, last night I was driving with my spouse, my wife, and she go. <laughs> we're driving down the snowy, busted-ass roads with the wind and snow blowing, and she goes, Oh, my gosh. And I was like, fuck, what? (laughs) Don't do that. It was dark, too. She goes, there's a sign over there. And I looked over, and it's blown over. I was like, that was what you had to tell me. She goes, well, I didn't know it was wild. I I wonder how it got knocked down. I don't fucking care right now. The wind. A car? Scared the fuck out of me. (laughs) I know. That's funny. Oh, anyway, passenger princesses. So, <laughs> passenger princess. Yeah. So anyway, Betty spoke up to Barney about a strange object she, she had been tracking in the sky with her binoculars. Now, Betty initially believed she had been observing a star, but she noticed that it suddenly seemed to get larger and brighter and began moving. Now, she, uh, 
her father from the documentary I watched on this. Uh, apparently, her father was really big into satellites. What was the documentary? It was called, going down to my links, uh, Alien Abduction, Betty and Barney Hill. Uh, it's from Shock Docs. It's on Discovery Plus for anybody who has it and is interested. Yeah. It's pretty good. There's a lot of um, interview footage, first-hand accounts directly from them. Um, It's really interesting. They got pictures for something I'm going to talk about in a little bit that's very fascinating. Gotcha. Um, But I couldn't find the pictures online. Really? I was going to make a DTSKS ADHD training for you, but I couldn't find it. (laughs) That does not help. What? I don't know. It doesn't help you. (laughs) It helps me. (laughs) I wanted to see him. I was saying that does not help. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so Betty initially believed it to be a star. Um, so her father was big into satellites, apparently. So she was familiar with the satellites' um, activity because of him. So she then froze. Oh, I lost my spot because I went down for my links. Gotcha. <laughs> Jackass. Uh, Betty initially believed she was observing a star, but she noticed that it suddenly seemed to get larger and brighter and began moving. Now, being familiar with the satellites, mm-hmm. um, intent on getting a better examination of the star, um, Betty and Barney decided to stop the vehicle and get out to look at it further through binoculars. Now, Barney insisted that it must be a satellite or another rational explanation, but she noted that it didn't behave like a satellite. This is where her... Knowledge of it from her father comes in. Right. She passed the binoculars to Barney so he could see for himself that it definitely was not a satellite. All the while, he maintained rational thinking of what it could be. Um, Whatever the object the couple is observing, it is doing a circular route, traveling sideways from their position, swooping around and heading back towards them. So it just keeps wrapping in a big circle, just like uh, hovering over. Right, right, Well, hovering from a ways away. But, but it's, it's circular. traveling in a circle. Yeah, it's coming or is it brighter. Spinning? Okay, all right, it's gotcha. getting brighter and it's uh, then it's getting dimmer. And, Got it. You know, as it's going around. Now, when Barney looks through the binoculars, it's on its return trip to him, and it's coming straight at them, and it's getting brighter and brighter. But this time, it's not doing the back swoop. It just keeps coming at them. So, uh, uh, Betty, there's something wrong here. Uh, yeah, this was cause for concern for Barney. He felt that at this point it must be a plane, and it was heading directly toward them. So he urged Betty to get back in the car, and they drove off down the highway once more. They got the fuck out of there. They said, peace. They said, nope. Uh, they continued south down the road, all the while Barney was reassuring Betty, without allowing his own concerns to pass through, <laughs> that it is just a plane, nothing to fret over. Just a plane. It's just a plane. It is. It's just a plane. It's just a plane. What is this? <laughs> But from inside the car, Betty spotted the plane following them, stalking them. She alerted Barney as she continued to watch the object jump across the sky, back and forth overhead, zigzag patterns, erratic maneuvering, all while following them. Mm. By now, Barney's level of fear began to shift up a few notches. Still thinking rationally, he at this point believed that it was a military aircraft of some kind, playing games with the frightened people below that they had spotted from the sky. He thought that... Whatever this military aircraft was, there's got to be pilots in there who had seen them on the ground and they were like, they're the only people around. Because at this point, Buddy and Barney said that there's no cars on the road. They haven't seen cars for miles. They don't see any headlights out of them. They are just in the dark out here. I cut that out of the hypnosis thing, but he kept looking up and down the road at one point saying, this can't be real. There's got to be someone that's going to drive up and tell me this is not real. Yeah, That's right. There's nobody around. So he, By the way, I just want to let you know that the Galaxy S24 Ultra is now out. Sweet. I did see that. 
Um, so he thought that uh, whoever the pilots of this military craft were, they saw them down there and they were like, there's the only people out here. Let's fuck with them a little bit. So he kind of thought that they were playing games with them. Right. Um, in the miles that passed between the stopping of the car and now, the dance between witness and object had shifted from Betty and Barney observing from the ground to the couple being chased and observed themselves from above. For 30 long miles, the object followed them and chased them as the couple drove down, drove into a town called Indian Head. This is when the situation would grow worse. The object zipped over a mountain off to their side, wrapped around in front of them, and stopped over the treetops ahead of their car. Jesus. Just hovered there. How you doing? Hovering in front of them, they saw Mm -hmm. the flat metallic disc the size of a commercial airliner and flat as a pancake. It was the same size, but round and flat. As it became clear that their path home was now blocked by whoever or whatever this was, with no other choice, Barney stopped the car. He got out and was determined to root out the source of this strange situation. The chase, the torment, the mystery of its intentions and resolution. He wanted to know who the fuck this was and why the fuck they were doing this. So he was determined to find out what was going on. He's still thinking that this is some pilot, this is some kind of aircraft. But now they're definitely fucking with them. Because now they're blocking their fucking path. Now they're not like stopped in the road. But still, he's like, this is getting out of hand. They've chased them for 30 miles now. I've had about enough of this. Yeah, they've chased them for 30 miles now. They've kind of been toying with them. So he wanted to get out and figure it out. Now, one report I read said that he had a handgun hidden under the seat. Uh, Yeah. Uh, In the um, hypnosis, he he did. Okay, so he had Again, I cut it from the hypnosis, but... It's okay. So he had a handgun under the seat, and he grabbed it, and he put it on his person and grabbed the binoculars. Um, And uh, he left Betty in the car... And he walked out of the car slowly towards the disc. By the time he was directly under it, he had walked through a field off to the side in in the direction of it. Um, By the time he was directly under it, he estimated he had walked about 100 feet from the car and the object floated around the same distance above his head. Mm -hmm. No noise, right? Nope. And the object at this point tilted down. So it was facing him. This is awesome. Isn't it? Just because I listened to the 40-minute hypnosis and everything you're saying is exactly what he said. Too. Yeah. So, well, I hope so. It but, is. Yeah, a it lot is. of it comes, a lot of this stuff in the documentary came from his hypnosis and oh, also okay, from okay. a few interviews they did shortly afterwards. Um, so, so the object tilted down. So like, like that. I tilted it down yeah. a little. Tilted down so you could, uh, it was like directly facing him. Looking through the binoculars at the object above his head, he saw the pilots. They saw him. Through a series of windows in the craft, he could make out what seemed to be 9 to 11 men watching him, as he said. He could make out these gray, hairless men who were clad in shiny black suits and had massive eyes that wrapped around their equally massive heads. Which sounds like a typical grip. Mm-hmm. As one another's gaze was met from within the binoculars. Excuse me? What? you feel called out (laughs) all but one of the gray men in the ship backed away from the glass and began pulling levers or pushing buttons from what barney could tell from within he said they all just start putting their arms up and doing stuff um they were fucking dancing (laughs) they were too uh he he said that uh, he pulled out the handgun at one point Mm -hmm. and he heard a voice in his head just urge him to put it away um now, as they were con- manipulating some kind of controls inside, 
small fins with red lights at the end of them begin protruding out from the sides of the craft and begin to change shape with these things jutting out of it. You drew a picture of this, too. You did, yeah. Now, as this was happening, the bottom of the craft seemed to open up and allowed a ramp or a ladder to descend from the center of it. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Barney's like, nope, check, please. And he um, dropped the binoculars and sprinted back to the car, screaming to Betty, this thing is going to capture us. These people, this this is going to capture us, this is going to capture us, whatever it is. Right. So he ran back to the car. Now, he jumped in the car and frantically threw it in drive and began racing away from the craft. As they made their getaway... Betty was searching the skies above for signs of the craft. Mm -hmm. She didn't see it. But then they heard the beeping. From the trunk of their car, they heard a noise of which they had never heard. Barney likened it to the sound of a tuning fork being struck and placed against you. A subtle vibration. Hmm. Now, this beeping or whatever it was, they could hear it and also feel it. Right, the vibrating. Exactly. Now, all hey, of it, mom, you know about that. Oh, all of it. (laughs) Out of context, that sounded so bad. Exactly. Sorry. Um, and it was pretty bad, actually. <laughs> um, all of it was emanating from the trunk of their car, but they didn't see the craft anywhere. Roger. As the vibration continued, a oh. tingling feeling began developing inside of them, growing in strength along with the vibration, until suddenly the noise and the feeling stopped. All was quiet. They lost consciousness. Or so we think. So we think. Everything around them seemed odd all of a sudden. They did not feel the way they had seemingly moments ago. It was a dreamlike state. Right. They were conscious again, but in a haze. Something was off. Something Something was not right. No, it was not. Suddenly, the beeps and buzzing started once again. No signs of the craft still. But this time, when the buzzing ceased, they regained their cognitive clarity. They were able to take stock of themselves and their surroundings. They were conscious again. Mm. I want to bring something up. Okay. I think uh, one of the episodes we talked about this, about how frequencies affect the human body Mm -hmm. and certain frequencies do certain things. Like there's a frequency that'll make you shit your pants. (laughs) It's incredible. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's true though. Uh, Maybe there's a frequency that we don't know about that paralyzes us. Yeah. I mean, they have one that they talk about um, when we were talking about the Sasquatch episode, how a vocal, like the tone, the the frequency. What was it called? I can't remember, but it basically, like... Infrasound. Infrasound. It makes you, like, petrified, fear, scared, flight or fright, all that shit. So maybe there's one that paralyzes. It's fascinating. You're you're right, maybe. Sorry, I just thought... No, it's okay. Um, So once they were back conscious and and cognitive again, uh, they took a stock of everything around them and themselves. Mm -hmm. They were still in the car. They were slowly crawling down the road in the car. It was just at a barely... Moving speed. Like when you're not pushing the gas or the brake, your foot's just off. Yes. But it's in drive. Yes. But they somehow were 35 miles further and two hours had passed. Something's just not right there. No, 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 no. They had no memory of the time in between the first and the last series of buzzing and beeps. Sorry, that, I was trying to quietly perp, and I just rumbled on my finger. <laughs> I didn't mean to. It's okay. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to be sorry. quiet over here. It's okay. They no Shut me- my mouth and let you do your thing. You're good. They had no memory of the <laughs> God time. damn. But he's still doing it. <laughs> sorry. What happened a, now? There's a woman bent over on my screen right now. Wow. <laughs> I'm looking something up. Show and tell, show and tell. Mm, no. Aw. They continued their drive and discussed with one another what had just happened. 
Barney still maintained to Betty that it was not a flying saucer, though he was pretty positive it was. He just wasn't admitting it. Right. The rest of their drive home to Portsmouth was quiet. They didn't talk much after this. They arrived home in Portsmouth at daybreak, and something seemed off with them. A strange feeling and emotion draped over the two. You might say, something just doesn't feel right. Something <clears throat> is right. I couldn't do that. It's okay. I barely could. The odd experience from hours earlier left them with a strange, creeped-out feeling that went after they arrived home. The weird gap in their memory had only become stranger when they realized that they had arrived two hours later than they should have, which has to be expected with their two-hour gap in time. Right. Um, Betty, though, noticed a small tear in her dress. She was perplexed by this. She had bought the dress before their trip and had been wearing it for the first time during that day she was wearing it. Right. She took the dress off and examined it further. She had this odd feeling bubbling inside of her. She, She felt like she wanted nothing to do with the dress and didn't want to associate with it. So she put it away in her closet and never touched it again. Never wore it again. She wanted nothing to do with it. It was this weird sensation she had. Barney's shoes had a strange... What? I read that the dress had some kind of orange powder on it that she originally threw it out, but for some reason something told her to take it out of the trash, and then she put it in the closet. Okay, I did not hear that. uh, Either way, either way. way. It was fucked. Something was off with it. (laughs) Something was amiss. Um... Now, Barney's shoes had some strange scuffs on them, of which had not been present before this moment to his recollection. And strangely, neither of the two's watches were working. Well, shit. Well, shit. How are you going to tell the time? Two hours off. Barney was racking... Why does it say 1230 right now? Barney was racking his brain, trying to understand and explain what had happened to them in a rational way. While Betty was curious and was trying to analyze it and study it to learn from what had happened. Because she had a fascination with this and a fascination that would grow for the rest of her life. She was always intrigued by this. Both of them, however, got the feeling as if they were exposed to something and contaminated by it. Barney insisted for Betty to leave alone and never tell anyone of what happened because, as he says, there is no good... It could ever come of it. Right. His words. But Betty wouldn't let it go. She picked up the phone and called her sister, giving her a brief overview of their experience and sharing with her her fear of contamination of some kind. She kind of was like, hey, we were with we were exposed to this flying saucer. Um, right. Probably contaminated. I don't know what to do. Now, her sister's neighbor was a physicist, and Betty asked him what they should do. He instructed them to go grab a compass and take it out to the car and observe what the needle does. Barney was elected to conduct the test, so he went outside and approached the car. Before he could even take the compass out, he noticed on the trunk of the car large, shiny spots the size of silver dollars. Fifteen to twenty of the spots branded the back of the trunk in an erratic order. From what Barney could tell, the spots were not something on the car, rather the paint and metal were just highly polished in these small, localized spots. Barney took out the compass and swept the area of the car. All seemed normal until he came near the spot on the trunk. The spots on the trunk. Right. When he placed the compass on the individual spots, the compass would spin around, remove it from the spot, and back away, and it would balance back out to its proper function. Betty decided they should alert someone. She once again called her sister, where her husband's best friend, a former police chief, was over. He told Betty she needed to file a report with the Pease Air Force Base. Hey, knew a few people, is what I wrote. He knew a few people who, hey. <laughs> who worked there and found it easy 
I still said it wrong. It was they. They <laughs> knew a few people who worked there. All of it. And they, found it. It makes more sense why I would say hey then. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, they found it easy to report their encounter with the craft. Initially, their story was met, wasn't met with much interest until they began describing the craft in detail. From there, the following day, they got a call from a captain at the base who wished to hear their story and every small detail of their encounter. It started to begin being taken legitimately. Barney felt relief. It was their duty and their and the responsible thing for them to have done. The base corroborates their story with a radar sighting at 2.14 a.m. the same night as theirs. In the days after, Betty is still curious and intrigued by their experience, and she wants to learn from it. She goes to the library and checks out multiple books on flying saucers. Saucers. <laughs> One of them being, um, what is it, The Flying Saucer Conspiracy by Donald Kehoe, a leading UFO researcher of the time. She decided to reach out to him. On September 26th, Betty would write to Kehoe, relaying a full and uncut version of their encounter, including the details about the humanoid figures that Barney saw through his binoculars. In the letter, she stated that Barney and herself were contemplating hypnosis as they were having troubles recalling what had had what had, had happened. <laughs> <laughs> Betty's letter was passed along to Boston astronomer and NICAP member. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, Thank you. No, no, no. I had what NICAP was, but that was an earlier thing. Anyway, sure. uh, where was I? Okay, so I need this guy. Okay. Betty's letter was passed along to Boston Astronomer and National Investigator Committee of Aerial Phenomenon, or the NICAP. 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 I was just going to say NICAP. Yeah. <laughs> um, NICAP. Uh, member Walter N. Webb. And on October 21st, 1961, Webb would meet with the Hills. Betty and Barney related as much as they could remember about the UFO encounter in a six-hour interview. Barney said he had developed a short, a sort of mental block, but he described in detail all that he could remember from that night about the craft and the somehow not human figure figures that were on board. Webb concluded that they were probably telling the truth and that the incident had occurred exactly as reported, except for a few minor uncertainties and technicalities, like exact time, duration of the event, because mm -hmm. obviously they had time loss, apparent size of the craft, and occupants, distance, height, so much. I mean, yeah. you're guessing at that point on a lot of that stuff. So, Right. Um, now, 10 days after the incident, Betty had a series of vivid and disturbing nightmares that had occurred for five consecutive nights and then never returned again for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. In her dreams, she recalled being stopped by a roadblock with men surrounding the car. She and Barney then were led by two small men through the forest. Barney, in a tr trance-like state, or like he was sleepwalking, yep. uh, and forced into a large disc-shaped craft where she and Barney were separated and examined by a gray-skinned being with large eyes. These men were around five feet tall, appeared nearly, <laughs> appeared nearly human, yeah. with black hair, Dark eyes and wearing blue uniforms with caps similar to those worn by military cadets. This is her dreams, remember? This mm -hmm. isn't a, this is a uh, hypnosis or an account. Yep. As Betty protested about her and Barney being separated, the men she called the leader told her that if they were examined together, it would take too long. Mm -hmm. 
Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Apologizing to everything. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> then a new man entered the room that she referred to as the examiner. The examiner told Betty that he was going to conduct a few tests to note the difference between humans and the crafts yeah. and the craft occupants. Words, hard. <laughs> she was seated. A bright light was put on her. A lock of her hair was cut off her head. They trimmed her fingernails and saved some of the trimmings. And he examined her eyes, ears, mouth, throat, knee. Uh, not knees, teeth. <laughs> teeth. teeth. <laughs> Maybe her knees. I don't know. <laughs> good, good reflexes. She <laughs> kicks one in the face. Son of a bitch. We should have locked that one down. <laughs> After the initial exam, he tested her nervous system by sticking a needle into her navel. This caused Betty horrible pain, in which the examiner responded by waving his hand over her eyes. And then the pain vanished. <laughs> he goes... <laughs> <laughs> you feel nothing now, bitch. You're sleeping. Oh, uh, oh I'm sorry. You're I, good. Please I'm do. Probably doing what I always do. No, I are like you it. talking? Are you gonna, did you Movie. Um, mention at all about um, when they uh, examined Barney's teeth? I didn't talk about Barney at all because I'm talking about her dreams. So. Okay, was that in the hypnosis or was that in her dream? It might have been hypnosis, but it I don't remember hypnosis. anything about teeth. So. Oh, okay, Please so, tell me, side yeah. note, in the hypnosis, uh, because of the rapport she had with the leader, apparently she even joked around with him yeah. Like when she was talking with him. But apparently the examiner or the leader, one of them, was fascinated because Barney had dentures. So they, <laughs> Poor he, Barney. They took his teeth out. Oh. And she was, like, explaining to them, that, like, that's just the aging process that we, we lose our teeth or something and then take right. them out. So the, apparently it was like this joke amongst the two of them. Like they were ha ha laughing and stuff. She thought it was really funny. I don't know. I thought that was kind of gotcha. interesting. During her examination? Yes. Because okay. the, the examiner was okay. like, his teeth came out. Yours are not. <laughs> She's like, oh, ha ha. Yeah, yeah, they got dentures. <laughs> they, they seem to be pretty nice so far. Yeah. Despite... Wiping your memory. It seemed pretty nice so far. Yeah, they... Yeah. We'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about it in hypnosis. Like, if this is the case, you can examine... Please don't do the navel thing. But you can examine me. I don't give a <laughs> shit. It's just like yeah. a doctor, man. Right. If there's anything wrong, please let me know so I can actually get a check. When was out. the last time you went to the doctor for, like, a f- Do you really want to know? Yeah. Um, well, I haven't had health insurance in about 11 years because of the business. Oh. And my age. Oh. I, you go off health insurance when you... Yeah, anyways. Maybe high school? been so 10 that, years for me. That'd be about 20 years. Yeah. Maybe a little less. I mean, hell. At least we're in the same boat. I fucked up my finger, and I just was like, eh, fuck it. We'll get the gold crooked <laughs> finger. <laughs> the ladies love it. <laughs> <laughs> Tore a quad, and I was like, ah, I'll just let it heal. Did you really? Yeah, I have a nice indent in my quad on the um, on one of the tryouts I did for the football. For the football. The football. The football. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Uh, anyways. Yeah, no, it's okay. Cool. cool Doctors. Cool, cool. <laughs> Doctors. Now, after the examiner was done, Betty and the leader had a little discussion mm. as to what they discussed. I don't know. They didn't say. <laughs> this is all still in her dream. This is all still her dream. I'll Perfect. tell you when it gets to the, the, all the other stuff. So, uh, I don't know what they discussed. Couldn't find it anywhere. Sweet. But she did pick up a book that had rows of strange symbols symbols on it. The leader told her she could take said book home. You can take one item. <laughs> <laughs> Only one. Um, when they left. But upon the hills being escorted out of the craft, there was a disagreement amongst the occupants, and the leader informed her she wouldn't be allowed to take the book home after all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she also, they also 
remembered seeing it. Oh. Sorry. Wouldn't be able to say the book home after all. She also remembered seeing a star map that supposedly showed the leader and the occupant's home planet. Mm-hmm. We'll touch on that a little Giddy bit more. Prime. Yeah. What? Giddy Prime. That's from Dune. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, after the examination was done, I read all of that. <laughs> Not <That's> to <my> be. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. They decided that they didn't want them to even remember the incident. And once at the car, the leader suggested that they wait and watch the craft depart. Betty and Barney Hill did as they were told. Or in this case, as you subscribed, I'm sorry, (laughs) described. Yeah. They probably had that whatever tone was that froze them or disoriented them. And that's why they sat and waited. Uh Uh-huh. Now. Now. Betty's dreams were so intense and detailed that they haunted her during the day and made her wonder if they were more than just dreams. Mm -hmm. She wrote them down and later shared them with a UFO investigator who suggested that she and Barney undergo hypnosis to recover the repressed memories of the abduction. Now, under hypnosis, both Betty and Barney... I'm getting choked up. Now, under hypnosis, both Betty and Barney gave consistent accounts of their ordeal with matching Betty, uh, which matched Betty's dreams in many of the aspects. The hills finally became alive with the sound of music. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Bring it back. Son of a bitch. <laughs> the hills finally started to go public with their story in March of 1963. Um, they, were, they, they feared ridicule and, mm-hmm. and, yeah. So when they discussed the UFO encounter with a group at their church, Mm-hmm. Then, again, in November of 1963, Shame. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> uh, they had to walk naked down the, the road. Like, what the fuck is going on, guys? I thought you'd be supportive. Ah, uh, the sparrows. <laughs> <laughs> then again, they discussed it in November of 1963 at an amateur UFO study group called the Two-State UFO Study Group in Massachusetts. Where's your acronym? They could have came up with a cool right? one. T-S-U-S-G. 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 Ah, whatever. I'll let you think of that. It's not even it. Giggity, giggity. Then in December... Oh, that's a base of my voice. Then in December of 1963, the Hills met with Dr. Benjamin Simon a Boston psychiatrist and neurologist. And well-known man with two first names. <laughs> Benjamin Simon. <laughs> is sought help for Barney's anxiety and Betty's nightmares that seemed to be related to the incident back in 1961. Dr. Simon. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Simpsons. I don't watch The Simpsons. I've never watched oh, The Simpsons. God damn you. Sorry. Now I wish I had my shit linked up and I could show it. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Anyways, bye, Doctor Simon. Classic. Determined that the UFO encounter was caused uh, was causing Barney much more anxiety than he was willing to admit. Typical man, right? We got to hold it all in. Of course. Here, I got. I just stepped on this. <laughs> Read the shirt. Typical man. We have to say we're okay. I can't see it. I almost fell. <laughs> it says. I'm okay, but the okay is broke and broken. Ah, 
Yeah, that's that's a. Anyways, that was my bad. Let me get back into this. Oh, being a man. Let me get back into this. Okay. Where am I? Ah, oh, willing to admit, there I am. It seemed obvious to him that the hills genuinely thought they had witnessed a UFO with human-like occupants. Simon hoped undercover. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> uncover more about the experience through hypnosis, which he began in January of 1964. We're going to start with the Barney Hill. So under hypnosis, the Barney Hill. <laughs> the Benny Hill. Um, under hypnosis, Barney recalled being stopped by a roadblock, seeing a flying saucer with windows and figures inside, being taken to a room where he was examined by gray-skinned beings with large eyes and feeling something was done to his genitals. All this will be in the clip I'm about to play. He also expressed his fear, confusion, anger, and relief. There's the list. Joking. I made it back. I had to make it in one. I made it back. (laughs) (laughs) During the experience. His account matched Betty's dream, as we stated before. Lennon, uh, unmute the computer, because we're going to listen to his... um, Not not all. It's a 40-minute hypnosis session. I will link it into the description. We're only going to play about... Ten and a half minutes of it. I chopped it down so that you you get the gist of it. Okay, ready? Yeah, let's test the volume on it. Okay. I love you. <laughs> you love me. Yes, I got him. Fucking ready God. for it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, to be honest with you. <laughs> Fucker. Barney, you fool. You silly oh, sorry. bastard. The volume's not a good, though. All right. I had a feeling you'd test it, so I wasn't going <laughs> to... You were a great player. That was good. <laughs> All right. And I walked. I walked out. And I walked across the road. There it is up there. Oh, God, I And 
lights of not not light, just one huge light. And rows of windows like a commercial plane. Rows of windows. They're not like a commercial plane because they curve around to the size of this pancake. And I say, my God, no, I, I have to shake my head. I got you, I got you, it can't be true, this isn't fair. I, 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 oh, it's still there. Why? What do they want? What do they want? Creature, this leader is telling me something. 
he's telling you something. How? How is he getting it to you? I can see it in his face. Do you see his lips move? Yes. No, his lips aren't moving. Yes, go on. He's telling you. And he's looking at me. What did he tell you? Stay there and keep looking. Just keep looking and stay there. And just keep looking. Just keep looking. Could you hear it, Johnny? Oh, I got to pull these binoculars away from my eyes. Because if I don't, I'll just keep staying there. Could you hear him tell you this? Oh, no. He didn't say it. You felt he said it. Right? I know. You know he said Just there. Yeah. Just stay there. He's saying to me. How could you be sure he was telling you this? His eyes. His eyes. I've never seen his eyes before. But you said oh. they were friendly. You said they were friendly. Oh, no. I deleted it. I said only... He was looking over his shoulder. Oh, I see. The leader was, was the... Friendly. How did you know the other one was the leader? Because everybody moved. Everyone was standing there looking at me. But everybody moved to these levers or in the back or they went to this big board they look like him it looked like a board and only this one with the black black shiny jacket and the scarf stayed at the window I'm driving you really floating about or is that the way you feel the way I feel. You're still outside of the car? No. You're in the car. I'm not in the car. I'm not in the car. I'm not in the woods. I'm not on the road. Well, where are these men? I don't know. On the road. I don't know. I'm just floating about. Through the binoculars, 
at this point of the men in the road. Now, uh, where are these men in the road? Or what part did they play in this? They took me and carried me up this ramp. Did you feel you were going to be operating on? No. Did you feel you were going to be attacked in any way? No. I was laying on the table and my fly was open and I thought, are they putting a cup around my private parts? And then it stopped. Got a good old blowy from a did too. Um so you, you were saying you didn't hear that one. I've never heard that one. Um that was obviously a, it was chopped up. Yeah. yeah. I, some moments there was a silence pause. Yeah. Some moments they were just in the topic. I got I cut fucking. <laughs> I was like, All right, I could yeah. just fucking cut that because I don't need to listen to that. You don't need to listen to the hypnotic regression. Yes. of getting the blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um. And then it stopped. See. Uh. Yeah. I haven't. I didn't hear that. Uh. Any of Barney's. Um. Hypnosis session. And I didn't hear any of Betty's. And in the documentary, there was clips from um, Betty's, and um, she, she described there was um, the moment of um, the needle um, that they shoved into her belly button, mm-hmm. and she's like screaming and crying in pain, mm-hmm. um, and you could really hear the fear in her voice from her terror of it. Of course, but um, yeah, that one was. Uh, Did she just all of a sudden stop though? They didn't. Sh- they didn't play it all in um, six. Uh, the whole, uh, you know, what I'm trying to say they didn't play completion. The whole, they didn't completion. Thank you. Um, they they only did the Thank part where she was like completion. screaming and crying from it, but because um, you know that gives it the ah all of course value. yeah. But yeah, no, the Barney one's very interesting. Well, under hypnosis, Betty's account was very similar to her five dreams, which you already went over, so that's why I didn't really discuss it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, there were just a few differences, like the tech on the craft. Uh, short men differed significantly in physical appearance yep. from her dream to hypnos- hypnosis. And the order of events, and specifically revolving around her, her and Barney's capture and release. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there was any book involved, but mm-hmm. either way. Betty and Barney's memories during hypnotic regression were constant with one another's uh now, consistent con- yeah that's the word i wrote but okay <laughs> constant consistent you know words uh, now remember the star map that uh, i referenced earlier yep betty saw in her uh sorry well <laughs> the star map well in 1968 an elementary school teacher and an amateur astronomer herself <sighs> majority fish Marjorie. I'm going to say it's Marjorie. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. Majority leader. <laughs> I've never seen Marjorie spelled like this, so. It's okay. Marjorie Fish was reading a book, in tr- reading the book, 
Interpreted Journey, which details the Hill's experience. Yep. In it, she saw the star map and, in, and intrigued, she created a model using thread and beads. Model of the star map, not anything else. Beads? <laughs> beads. Anal. Uh, she based the model off of the 1969 Gleese Star Catalog. Okay. Pretty sure it's Gleese. In which the only one... Uh, in which the only one that seemed to match the hill map was that of the double star system of Zeta Reticuli. Mm. Uh, it was about its Zeta Reticuli is about thirty nine light years from Earth. Now, mm-hmm. Fish then sent her hypothesis to Walter Webb, again, the first interview mm-hmm. uh, back in nineteen sixty one, who agreed with her conclusion of it being a star map of Zeta Reticuli. Mm-hmm. This conclusion has been a hot debate, though, between astronomers astronomers for decades. On February 25th, 1969, Barney Hill departed our Earth at the age of 46. And on October 17th, 2004, Betty Hill rejoined her husband. They are remembered as the pioneers in the field of ufology and their courage in the face of adversity. Because they were activists, mm-hmm. civil rights activists. So, uh, hey, Lennon, you want to do some talky-talky? Let's do some talky-talky. Betty and Barney Hill are regarded as the first Americans to come out and openly claim to be abducted. Oh, I thought you were about to say gay. All right. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> What? <laughs> Not me. Oh, okay. Okay, let's clear that up. I'm going to amplify that. <laughs> Cut it. Awesome. Chop it. I'm no, no, no. I'm no. Yeah, can we go back to talk about Rhea Ripley's hot ass? <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bunch it up a little. Sorry. Uh, first Americans uh, come out and openly claim to be abducted. Yeah. Um, their encounter and their abduction experience is considered to be one of the biggest ones, if not the biggest, in the abduction world. Everybody's, almost everybody's heard of the Betty and Barney Hill yes. story, the incident. Now... It is worth big noting. News. Big, big news. Big news. It is worth noting that the couple wasn't without their struggles during the time. And as we talked about, they were an interracial couple. Uh, mm-hmm. They were one of the few interracial couples in their town of Portsmouth in the early 1960s, which is a very controversial time in the United States. Yes, it was. Something which, during this time, of course, was met with mixed reactions and emotions. Now, opening themselves up to even more attention and ridicule, once again, begs the question that we've talked about all the time. Is why? Why? If they're gonna, if all these people are faking this, like mm-hmm. nowadays, it's different because nowadays you have people are more open minded to this stuff. A little bit, not as um, much, but yeah. You know, Slowly. you can marry whoever you want. No, oh, oh <laughs> that is true, though. I was kidding. I know, but you know what it's I meant. Still true. Yes, yes. Um, you, they're more open minded to the alien abduction, the alien things. Um, but back in the day, it was kind of like you were seen as a bit kooky and. Uh, that was big Bigfoot, Sasquatch, aliens, all that kind of stuff. It was back then. It was like you're just opening yourself up for a lot of ridicule, and for somebody who's already dealing with their hardships and stuff. Right. Um, this was like the biggest one, in the first one. Like they came out with a lot of information and a lot of wild stuff, you know, that the in their story, and uh, it definitely would have. Op- did open them up to more attention and ridicule, and for what end? Exactly. If the, the, you know, because then you're touching my from what end? <laughs> um, remember Barney too, and earlier on in my my part, he was mm-hmm. saying 
never tell anybody about this. No good will ever come of this. But he eventually did. He eventually leveled with her. She wanted to. But, you know, it's why? Why? If you're going to fake it, what's the point? Granted, we are still talking about them and it to this day. So one could argue the other side to that. Sorry. But it's okay. Um, but one could argue the other half of that point to um, to that, that they're still famous talked about to this day. But I don't think so. I don't think you would fake something like that. Just to be talked about when you're dead. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I concur with everything you said. So. Great. <laughs> I was trying to think of something to say, but I got That's nothing okay. to say. You people don't want to hear it anyway, so kidding. <laughs> yes, um, I don't really see a purposeful reason to lie about it, but I also don't know the time that well, 1960s, and maybe it was just a way to get attention off the interracial couple, right? But did it like not really? It just brings you into the mainstream light. Yeah, and there's. Probably far more racist places in the United States than Portsmouth, New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, just go down south. Yeah, if you kept traveling down a little bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I. So could it be a case of, of misidentifying shit? Like you think you see this thing and experience this, but you don't. I don't know how it would happen, but I'm just wondering. Right. You know, it's always a case sometimes. It's always a case. And then it's a balloon up. flying in the sky instead yeah. of a UFO passing your plane. Yeah, the one thing I read was saying that um, from a skeptic's point of view that you know, Betty's dreams could have been because of her sudden fascination in the UFO world right. and all these books she's checking out. And so her obsession with these dreams, her obsession sparked these, sparked these dreams. Yep. And then Barney eventually over the next few years kind of um, melded his, his memories and his um, thinking with her dreams as, as they both developed with her and they became so real that the hypnosis now makes it a real Exactly. Event. So that was something that I had read from a skeptic side mm-hmm. of it. Um, See, but the problem I have, I love skeptics, and we all should have a, big, a, a bit of skepticism in us. Correct. But the people that just say everything is skeptic, skeptic, everything is skeptical about everything without mm-hmm. reason, even if there's facts, or those people are, are skeptical. Yes, they are, by definition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm skeptical of those people, as I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, if you can't think of logic and reason, but with that being said, I'm trying to think of what it could be. I like the book, like you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, may, may, uh, po- point, Josh, it's broken. <laughs> uh, you made a good point. It was uh, well said. Thank you. Um I don't know where I was going with that. That's okay. I stalled so much that I forgot. <laughs> uh, yeah, but as a skeptic, what could be some of the, other than so much UFO bullshit, mm-hmm. uh, could the hypnosis have planted that memories, those memories in her brain? Because I know that's another thing with hypnosis. People think that in hypnosis, someone presents that idea, and now you believe it to be true. Yes, but I think the hypnosis was more of a memory test. And the questions from hearing the Barney one and a couple, a little bit of the Betty one, they weren't like guiding them through the memories as opposed to asking them as they were traveling through the memory. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If they were to say, like, 
that tall alien that's in front of you, what is he doing to you? Or as opposed to, what's he doing? Oh, right. I see this person. Describe. You know, they're not, you know, they're guiding them. Okay. I'm sorry. You know what I'm trying to say. I do, yes. Um, they're not guiding them. Yes. They're so I think, basic questions. I think if it didn't happen, then I think the most reasonable thing is the blending of memory and um, dream or something like that. Two hours of missing time, though. Can't really explain that. Their watches, the car, that kind of stuff. You can't really explain that kind of you, stuff. You can't, but is there any evidence of it? Was there evidence on the car? Like, did anybody take pictures of it? They That's did. what I was trying okay. to find the picture of, and I could not find so it. they but did have a picture of there it. There is pictures of it, okay. yes. Uh, we can't really, unless there's a video of it, we can't really confirm the compass thing. Right. The missing time thing, again, that's a... It's all... You could, I could rel- say... It's relative. For fuck's sakes, I don't know what the last five hours of my life was. Yeah. Let's make it up. Right. I mean, those are, are all hearsay. Mm-hmm. We're using big words. Um, Getting a uh, big brain. <laughs> yeah, we're going to the... Uh, SS Orang Meaden. Orang Pendic. <laughs> Orang Meaden. We're going to their courtroom, if you remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking notes. Fucking auto <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, okay. The million-dollar question. Real? Fake? Uh, I don't want to say lies. So do you think it really happened? It was a UFO encounter that they did? Or do you think it's one of the other explanations we've come up with? Me, personally, I think it happened. you. I yeah. think it happened. I think they're... Telling the truth. I don't see the benefit of them making up this story at this time with their situation. And also, it's not like somebody came up before them and said, I was abducted and saw them get a whole shit ton of attention for it. They're like the first people. Not saying that... First that, people that came forward. Exactly, yes. That's what I mean. Um, it's not. I'm not saying that that wouldn't be a motivator mm-hmm. of the idea of being the first. But at the same time, I don't see them wanting to be the first or wanting to come out and speak about it. They waited long enough. They did. So I I think it happened, um, as they say, and like you talked about earlier, is that a lot of the points in their um, abduction encounter are themes that pop up constantly in other ones too. case for that could be that they pop up in other ones because they started here. That's true. That's true. So that's another case, another um, explanation for that. Because mm-hmm. if I said Bazinga, oh, that's, damn, you see? That's Sheldon. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the point was, but the point is, <laughs> if something happens and it pops up in multiple similar situations, is it because it started here? Is it cause or, and effect? Or is it because it's actually something that happened? I follow you. Is I there see, a I UFO that actually is doing not a UFO? There's not just one, but mm-hmm. you get the point that's yeah. abducting people doing these things. Or is it a popular thing to, oh, I'm going to say, I want attention. So I'm going to say I was abducted. And remember this famous story? Yeah, I'm going to say these things happened to me too. I follow you. Um, now, one quick question before, you know, bombshell it. Travis Walton. Yep, I've heard of him. That was a famous abduction one. Uh-huh. You had the one you did, the Berkshire. Hathaway. <laughs> I Berkshire, right? everywhere. Yeah. Um, David Huggins really wasn't abducted. What do those <laughs> three. Yeah, we're going to leave him out. What do those three have in common, if you remember them? Do they, do they have commonalities, or are they all just like uh, 
individual, like separate, total different experiences. What is in common? In common, common, is, common? is not the means of abduction mm-hmm. because it's all different ways, but the means of right before boarding the ship and right after exiting the ship. There's gaps. They mm-hmm. somehow affect their consciousness, whether they knock them out or they have some kind of memory wipe or something, whatever they yeah. do. Lost time. Exactly. <clears throat> Lost time in these events from eight, from start to finish and also getting on and exiting the craft, there's no memory. So sometimes they come, uh, not sometimes, they have come to in the ship mm-hmm. during certain things, but they can never remember how they got onto it or off of it. Is kind of uh, that's another. Uh, uh, Sorry. That is a commonality in these. Um, some kind of medical examination. I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to remember the Berkshire one. I can't remember if there was a, a medical test or not. Do they remember? They just. They just had a they whole just room had full. A of room full of, but they don't remember what happened. No. Too much. Yeah. No. But who's to say they might have gotten tested? Exactly. Out. It might just be missing time there. And then the fucking haunting experience that Walton had. Jesus. But the thing is, is they weren't trying. It didn't sound like they were trying to hurt him. They were trying to help him in that case. Yeah. Like, oh shit, we blasted you with this. Sorry, let's help you out. Yeah. Put you on this metal examining table, and have the Greys do their thing. You broke uh, Judd's glass dildo. <laughs> Damn it. There's another thing uh, that was in common, even in the David Huggins one. It was the fact that there's this. It's calm, this, this uh, buzzing noise, this weird mm-hmm. silence that happens yep. before and after the abduction. Now, we talked about after the Benny and Barney Hill abduction, there was that buzzing noise, that mm-hmm. something, or before mm-hmm. and after, there was that buzzing noise. Is that their way of describing the same experiences as David Huggins when he was in New York City walking down the street and everything just went quiet and mm-hmm. that happened? Or... Um, I think you mentioned it in the the Berkshire one. There was a silence that yep. happened before, and then he was running in air. <laughs> There's that, and also the one where they were uh, the part in that where they were driving over the um, the bridge in the car, mm-hmm. and everything went quiet. That's, that's what the yeah, and yeah. then after they came back, there was just an eruption of sound. So, are these things that happen when you're abducted? Just silence and a weird humming noise. They, yeah, uh, missing four one one. They talk about that too. That's right. There's a silence, an eerie, deafening silence around the time of somebody disappearing. So there's another common theme that maybe that isn't discussed or talked about really in these things that, that you know. Yeah. I feel so that one leads credibility. I'm saying to what we talked about a little earlier of, of common theme instead of yeah common theme. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's not happening because they said it happened. It's mm-hmm. happening because it's actually happening. That's all I'm trying to. Yeah. Paint the picture of how I many commonalities do we have? Yeah. So um, lesson to be learned: if everything gets immediately suddenly quiet, you're fucked. <clears throat> you can't do anything. Pull out your phone and start fucking recording. <laughs> that was the other one. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Axelrod. Um, remember when the guy that fucked? Oh, Jesus, I'm blanking on his name. I'm so sorry. Remote viewer. He remote viewed the moon. Remember that episode? Yeah. Yep. What the hell was his name? Ingo Swan. Ingo Swan. Remember Ingo Swan when I they do. went to the woods and saw that UFO? Yes. That was everything went definitely silent before it all erupted. Uh-huh. That was the other one. I was trying to think of it. I'm sorry. It's okay. It just came to me. Yeah. Minus his name. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> and I did the fucking episode. <laughs> Idiot. Ooh. 
I did another episode. Stardust Ranch had the same exact encounters before the aliens came through the portal. Mm-hmm. Sound, deafening sound with a bit of a hum. Mm-hmm. Different atmospheric feel, too. Skinwalker Ranch. They talk about all the cows go right. quiet. So we have a lot of things there. We're going to keep an eye on this one. <laughs> I think that's something to watch for. If we're in the mountains someday. Yeah. We're there every year. But you get the point. We do. <laughs> uh, if there's ever a silence, get the fuck out. That's what I'm saying. Pull out your phone and start recording. At the very least, you might catch or whatever happens to you. At the Maybe. start of it. You don't think uh, these advanced alien technology... I think they give a fuck. Like, oh, we're going to take him, wipe his memory. We don't want anybody to know about it. But remember that phone? It's cool. They probably don't give a shit. <laughs> if they don't give a shit, why do they wipe... Ship. If they don't give a shit, why don't they wipe... Why do they wipe your memory? I think it's a side effect of whatever there it is. I don't, I don't think it's effect. an intentional thing. If they were, were going to wipe part of your memory, why would they not wipe the entirety of it? Well, then that leads the question to why they said to Betty, we don't want you to remember anything. Yeah, but they didn't do anything about it. She still remembered it. Right, after regression and right. hypnosis. Uh, <laughs> Meant sleep, sleep. Yeah. Well, anyway, there's a lot of things that make you say, hmm. Mm. Trying to draw connections. we got to watch out for the government, though. But <laughs> <laughs> don't get too much connections. Yes. Then you get um, one on that bombshell. <laughs> Because there's a real palm shell. <laughs> <laughs> Lennon. It's a lot of. Lennon, sweet outro is yours. Ladies, gentlemen, and squatches, once again, thank you so much for listening to the Don't Touch My Sasquatch podcast. Buddha. Uh, I almost said Buddha Yoda. <laughs> if you're enjoying our show and want to show some love, hop over to our Patreon where you can dive into our treasure trove exclusive bonus content and explore the multitude of perks we offer to our supporters. And the multiverse. And the multiverse. That was a different episode. Yeah, I guess I'll just have to jump to our Patreon and check it out. I thought this was Patreon for a minute. Explore our website <laughs> where our mysterious merch awaits. Pair it with the Patreon membership, which I just mentioned, to our special discount on your purchase. Because who doesn't love a good combo deal like a KFC number seven? Hey. I don't know what it is. Uh, that is a six-piece chicken nugget. That's or your chicken go-to. tender with two sides. Yep, I see and a biscuit. He knows. I don't fucking know. If that's if that's right, I'm truly impressed with myself. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'm gonna look it up after we're switching things. Well, I know what the number six is because that's the one I I wanted. Please proceed. Okay, explore Shut our website. <laughs> Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or send us an email at dtscast at gmail.com. We're always thrilled to hear from our incredible listeners. For a visual treat, check out our YouTube channel. Josh crafts incredible video editions of our episodes, and you can see my beard. Don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe to our channel. Links are in the show notes below. You got me on that one. And hey, while you're listening, why not drop us a stellar five-star rating? Your support fuels our growth, ensuring even more fantastic content for your ears. Thank you for being part of our cryptid, UFO, and spirit seekers coalition. Until our next encounter, keep exploring, and remember to stay curious, be vigilant, and don't touch my assessment. Don't do it. He's being a passenger princess today. He's just telling you where to go. <clears throat> you can edit. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like, I'm like, I'm like losing my breath for a second. I was like, you can edit. Stop it. I'm coming in to frame. Ha! Now. Ba, 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 Josh, ba. in! Sashay. <laughs> 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 Little bit of hand. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> My God. <laughs>
That was no more caffeine. <laughs> I'm listening. But I don't my know computer, what you're doing. My computer's dark. What happened? You did drop your mic on it. I don't know, but it's darker. Like it used to be bright, and now the oh, there's a brightness on uh, F7. F7. Maybe it fell on F7. F7. Thank did, you. Did they fix it? Woo! Scared the shit out of me. Scared me too. I mean, Give me life. She looks good with long hair, though. She does. Now I'm going to look up Rhea. No, we're done. Stop it. <laughs> got a little bit of talky-talky to do. Oh, shit. I got to do this one line and we're recording. Fuck. I can pause. Oh, but you can't no, pause. I can't. I mean, I can, but for example. You give me a for example on that bad bitch. <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> I definitely wouldn't go with that one. Damn it. I really liked it. <laughs> I've worked hard on it. An abduction that will change the world that's a bit traumatic, don't you think? <laughs> Ufology and disclosure. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> what? I should, I type some of this stuff. In. It's 1961. This is gold. <laughs> 1961. An eruption changes the course of ufology and disclosure. Hey, when we say eruption, is that what we say? An abduction. Okay. <laughs> I wrote abduction. <laughs> an, it's eruption. an eruption. Mount St. Helens. <laughs> Bib Fortuna. Itchy nose. <laughs> oh, That's his middle name. An abduction changes the course of ufology and disclosure for... I can't remember what you said. Ever? That was difficult. That was a difficult word to get through. We made it. <laughs> yeah, we won't be watching the Super Bowl together. Really? We won't. We can't even, like... We can't. Because wow. he's gonna, like... He's a passionate fan. I'm a passionate fan. Um... He wants people to break other people's legs. I know he says it's metaphorical, but I think he really means it. And I couldn't break Josh Allen's leg. I'll fucking fight you right now. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Lennon, one, are you ready? I'm ready. It's like a tradition now. Lennon, two. He's ready. Lennon, three. God damn it. Lennon, three, where are you now? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. It's 19... <laughs> you got point three percent into it because <laughs> I said it's. You don't want it. What the I fuck are you doing? Who you? Oh, okay. you're cleaning your glasses. Yeah, I thought you were getting really serious. I mean, you have to say something. <laughs> no, I was trying to quietly clean my glasses while oh, you talked. But I brought it up. <laughs> you usually do when I want to do something quietly. Yeah, that's how, that's what I'm here for. That's my job. I love it. Every time you pull that up, I see WWE. And- there's two things I think of. Rhea Ripley's beautiful ass and Stone Cold getting into a, a cold tub. Ice bath. Have you seen that video? I have not. Oh, my God. But I want to head back to the Rhea Ripley. I don't know where I was. I don't know where I am. <laughs> I don't know what to say. But. Huh. I read my own note. It says, start here. Oops. <laughs> Josh out. Josh out. 